I'm going to tell you guys a little story tonight, okay? A story about me in Cambodia when I was about three years old. When I was about three years old, my favorite thing to do was I like to play outside. I like to get balls, and I play outside. I would, I'd do, I'd throw frisbee, I'd throw footballs, I'd do anything. I'd just go run around outside. Well, one day my parents came to me and they said, okay, Blake and my brother Ryan, he said, Blake and Ryan, I want you guys to go play outside. You need some outdoor time. I jumped up immediately. I ran outside, and I was like, let's do it. And my brother, he, not so much. He just liked to read books, and I called him lame all the time, but now he's smarter than me, so, <laughs> oh, well. But my brother, he just liked to read books. You know, like, Dad, I don't want to play outside. Just let me read my book. I was like, Ryan, no, come play with me. So he grabbed his chair. He took it outside. He sat down, and he read his book. And as a three-year-old, I was like, Ryan, what are you doing? You've got to come play with me. So I got him up. I said, okay, let's play tag. So I took off running, and he never followed. I was like, Man. So I went back to the chair, and I was like, Ryan, you said you'd play with me. Now you better follow. So I was like, you're it. And I started taking off running. And as I took off running, my brother started chasing me. And I was a three-year-old. I was having fun just running, having a good time. And I was looking behind me. What I didn't realize was in front of me, in Cambodia, uh, there's these big holes in the cement. And I was a three-year-old, and I did not realize that I was running straight for one. And as I was running, I was looking back, and boof, I fell into this pit all the way up to my chest. And in this pit, this is kind of gross, okay? But in this pit, there was nothing else but sewage. It was where all the sewage went. And as a three-year-old, you know, I started screaming, Ryan, help me. My brother came over. He grabbed me. He pulled me out. And I was like, Ryan, what do I do? And he was like, go find Dad because I'm not helping you. <laughs> so, you know, immediately as a three-year-old, I ran straight for my dad. I went and I started yelling, screaming. He heard me coming. And I was running straight for the house. He came and he met me at the door. And I said, Daddy, pick me up. And he said, okay, no, no. He said, he said, no, I'm not going to pick you up. That's gross. And my dad wouldn't pick me up. And I was confused, three-year-old, crying. And I said, okay, then I'm going to go inside and find mommy. And I tried to run around him. And, of course, he wasn't going to let me inside. So he, he stopped me. He said, no, Blake, you can't go in there. I'm going to stop the story right there. And I want to say this. In our lives, we are covered in sewage. The whole city of Moore, a lot of people don't realize it, but they're covered in sewage. And that sewage is called sin. They have a life full of sin. And just like my dad looked at me and was like, that's disgusting. God looks at that sin and he says, that's disgusting. And I've done a little bit of research in, about Oklahoma, and I got to go door-to-door -door, uh, yesterday. And what I've noticed when I'm talking to people is, oh, yeah, 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 my, my grandparents, they were saved. Yeah, my grandparents, they went to church. Oh, yeah, my parents, they went to church. It's not for me, though. But they don't, what they do not realize is that in their lives, they are covered and full of sin. If you guys want to take your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 46, or 64. 
I meant to tell you guys that when I first got up here, but I didn't. So now I have to give you a little time. But what I've realized is that every single person has to come to the realization that they are covered and full of sin. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says this, But we are all as, un, as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. In here it says, And all our righteousnesses are filthy rags. Even the good we do in our lives, if we don't have Jesus Christ, God looks at it and he says, nope, that's filthy rags. A lot of people, they'll say, well, I'm a good person. My parents, they go to church. My grandparents, they go to church. But if they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, anything even good that they're doing, Christ looks at it and he says, that's just filthy rags. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I don't think I have to convince anyone here tonight that we're all sinners and that everyone is a sinner. And there are people in war dying and going to hell because of their sin because they think, well, I'm a good person. My parents were good people. My grandparents were good people. It's sad. Well, um, you know, as that three-year-old, okay, I went to my dad and um, I, I went up to my dad. I said, Dad, pick me up. He didn't want to pick me up. I tried to get in the house. He wouldn't let me in the house. And so what he did was he picked me up. He took me out to the trash can, put me in the trash can, closed the lid. The trash truck came by, and he dumped me in the trash truck, and it took me away. Well, okay, obviously not because I'm still here. No, he took me outside. He took me to the hose, and he got the hose out. He got three bottles of soap out. He took those clothes. He threw them away, and he started washing all that sewage off me. He started taking all of that sewage away. Why? Because he loved me, but he hated that sewage. And Jesus Christ is the same way with us. And you know, the problem is people need to know that. Christ hates people's sin, but he loves them. We all know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But God commendeth his love toward us. And while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ loves us. God loves us. He sent his son to die on a cross to be in pain, to be in suffering so that we could go to heaven. So he could take that nasty sewage away. So he could take that nasty, disgusting sin away and he could accept us into heaven. My dad wasn't going to let me go in the house, but after he washed that sewage away, he let me go in. He'd pick me up now. And it's so important. And we know that. We really do. And sometimes, like, yeah, that's important. I need to know that. I need to know that Christ is, is real. I need to know that he's my savior. But let's look at 2 Peter 3, 9. What does it say? I'm sure you all know this verse. It says this. 
says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As much men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 1 John 2.2 2 says the same thing. It says, And he is the propitiation for our sins, but not of ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. God paid for your sins, but not only your sins, he paid for everyone and more's. And every time I preach this sermon, I've only preached it a couple times, but I get this weird look from the crowd. It's a Sunday night, and everybody's like, okay, you're taking us through salvation. It's Sunday night. Everybody here is saved. Well, I hope so. I really do. But that's not the point. The thing is, if we truly understand, if we truly love God as we should, if we truly understand how amazing that salvation really was, we would tell others. I don't have my phone on me. My phone's right here. We've all heard this illustration. Let's see. Seth. Okay, I've got an iPhone. Okay, now, I'm going to say, I want to give it to you as a gift. What do you got to do? You got to take it. Oh, don't take it. That's my iPhone. <laughs> I'll give it to Kaylin. Just kidding. But we all know that illustration. But you know what? Each and every one of us has a gift, and we had to receive that. But you know what the sad part is? It's a free gift. It's the perfect gift. It's the best gift we could ever have. But still, we don't want to share the gift with others. Maybe we don't not want to, but we don't. I'm guilty of this. I was at Starbucks last week. I drink a lot of coffee. I told Pastor that. I said, it's a good thing you just have a Starbucks in town because, you know, it's, it, that'll be helpful. <laughs> but I went to Starbucks last week, and I went and I ordered my coffee, and, and I was having a good time with my friends, and God put a thought in my head, hey, you need to give, give the, the barista a track. And I thought to myself, no, I don't. A lot of college students come here. She doesn't need one. That's okay. She'll be okay. Not a big deal. So I walked out the door. I got to the car. And when I got to my car, I saw a track laying on my seat. God said again, you go back in there and you give her a track. In that moment, I realized, wow, I messed up. I took that track, I went in, and I gave it to the barista, and she said, wow, thank you. She said, I've been looking for a church, I've been looking for something, and you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'll probably be there this Sunday. And as many times as I've messed up like that, God convicted my heart and said, what if you would do that every time I told you to? What if you carried tracks on you every day when you went out and you gave them to others? And I'm guilty. I don't. And I have the best gift ever. I really do. Better than an iPhone. Sorry, Seth. But I don't want to share it with others. I'm scared to share it with others. If I truly understood how amazing God's love is, I mean, think about it. Just like my dad looked at me, he saw my life full of sin my dad could have been like, ew, gross, okay, I'm going to get rid of this son. But he doesn't do that. 
God doesn't do that. He looks at our lives and he sees us full of sin. And you know what? He still loves us. When we sin, we are transgressing God's law is what the Bible says. What that means is you are going against God. You are literally spitting in God's face when you, when you sin against him. You do wrong. You know right, but you still do wrong. And God still loves us. He still sent his son to die on a cross for us to save us from our sins. But yet we don't want to tell people that. Amen. <laughs> Anyways, Romans 10, 9, it says this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The sad part is it's not a hard gift. It's not something that's hard to explain. It's not something that it takes all this work to be able to accept it. All you've got to do is believe in him and accept him. And that's all we got to tell people, and still we don't want to. Well... Um, About two years ago, um, beginning of the summer, two and a half years ago, my grandma found out she had a brain tumor. Um, and it was really hard. I was really close to my grandma. And all of us cousins, we were as well. I was in Michigan. She was in Tennessee. And as soon as we found out, we, we rushed down to Tennessee. We, we spent some time with her. And my grandma, later on that summer, about two months later, found out she had a brain tumor. Two months later, she passed away. It was hard on me. But the thing that was the most hard on me was this. I got to see her one last time before she died. And before she died, she talked to my grandpa. She had him go out and buy New, new Testaments. I didn't bring mine with me today. I forgot it, which I wish I wouldn't have, but I leave it on my dresser top as a reminder. But she had my grandpa go buy these New Testaments, and she was really sick. She could barely write anymore. So I got a bunch of scribbles in there that I can't make out what they say. But I remember I got it, and she handed it to me. It was the last time I saw her, and she said, Tell people about Jesus Christ. And I was already called to the ministry. But at that moment, God said, you need to be in the ministry. You have to be in the ministry. And from that moment on, I, I, leave, that, I leave that Bible on my dresser top as a reminder every time I go out, tell people about Jesus Christ. I take it with me so winning. And I get to tell that story about how the last thing my grandma said was to tell people about Jesus Christ. And what's sad on my part is yet I still tell God no.
I have the most amazing gift. I have the best thing that could ever happen to someone. My grandma even gave me something as she died. And still, I go out, I see people full of sin that need a savior, and I still say no. My challenge for you tonight is to tell others. My grandma told me, tell others about Jesus Christ. It's important. It's so important. People are dying full of sin and going to hell. And in more, I've started to understand, well, my parents are Christians. My grandparents were Christians. Well, I'm a good person. It doesn't matter. And we have to help them understand that. We have to help them understand that because of their own sin, they need to have their own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's our job. I mean, obviously our job is to glorify God. It's number one. Glorify God. But honestly, if you're glorifying God, that's going to be something you're doing as well. If you're glorifying God, if you're living the way you should, then that's going to be number two. You're going to see people, and you're going to have a heart for them, and you're going to have a desire for them to be saved. You're going to realize that I have this perfect gift that God gave me, and I have to give it to others. I need to give it to others. And we constantly mess up in that. I constantly mess up in that. So today... I want you to just think about it. Maybe this week. Take some tracks with you. Someone you're close to that's not saved. It's important. It's the most important. They need to be saved. Anyways, let's pray and then pastor can come. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time you're able to give me to speak. I pray that you'd... um, Help this to have helped someone here today, Lord. And Lord, um, I thank you for this opportunity to be here with these people and more, Lord. Um, Lord, once again, I just ask you to have touched someone's heart tonight. Bless this sermon. Pray all in your name.